Good morning and welcome to another episode of the program Issues That Matter, Greek and Turkish Dialogue podcast series. This is a podcast series supported by Friedrich Naumann Foundation and hosted by Elia Mep. Uh, my name is Ioannis Grigoriatis. I'm one of two coordinators of this project together with Elem Genardaoulou. The Issues That Matter program aims to contribute to a better understanding between the Greek and the Turkish public opinions on issues and themes that resonate with the global political agenda. So what we're trying to do is to shift our attention from high politics, from uh, political diplomatic confrontations, and look into a common agenda between Greek and Turkish public opinions that goes beyond the uh, normal issues. So there have been uh, podcasts focusing on uh, information disorder, There have been podcasts focusing on sustainable development issues. Today, we'll have a podcast focusing on literature, and more specifically, the translation of Greek and Turkish literature. Greeks and Turks yeah, lived together for centuries, and next year we'll have the anniversary of the mandatory population exchange between Greece and Turkey, which meant that uh, for the vast majority of Greeks and Turks, the possibility of coexistence is to exist. Of course, then... Literature plays a role, and translating Greek and Turkish literature became increasingly important as uh, the number of bilingual Greeks and Turks uh, was decreasing. So we have today with us two leading figures in the field of translation of Greek and Turkish literature. We have Miss Anthi Kara. Thank you very much, Anthi, for being with us this morning. I'm glad to be here. And Miss Lale Alatlu. Thank you very much, Lale, for taking the time to have this discussion with us this morning. I thank you. So I will first open our discussion by uh, raising the question, how did the translation of Turkish literature into Greek and Greek translation into Turkish started? So, Anthi? Translation was instrumental in the project of constructing a modern Turkish national language and identity, as it had been previously instrumental in the project of westernization of the Ottoman Empire. Thanks to the creation of a translation bureau, which operated between 1940-1967, an amazing corpus of ancient classics as well as modern and contemporary authors were translated in Turkish, while this bureau set up certain standards regarding the act of translating as well as the quality of the texts and the authors to be translated. These standards continued to shape the translating and publishing activity in Turkey long after the dissolution of this bureau. In Greece, on the other hand, although powerful and instrumental in the making of modern Greece and of modern Greek identity, the importance of translation has been rather silenced or rather buried behind the language problem creating thus the paradox of a nation split between an official language Katharevusa, forged by translation of Western legal, scientific, or literary texts, and a vernacular language, the Motiki, whose need, both in literature as well as uh, a common to all national language, was first expressed in the Ionian Islands, which had never been under the Ottoman rule. Translation remained thus in Greece an individual affair, while in Turkey it was marked by an initial state initiative. 
These two different national trajectories have left their imprint on the choice of the translated authors and texts. For the time being, we can only tell the story of the translation of Greek and Turkish literature by looking at lists of authors that have been translated and books published in each country so far. I say books because literary reviews offer a somehow more interesting and true image, but of course they are destined to a more selective readership. I have tried myself to establish such lists, one for each language, and keep them up to date until recently at least. What these lists revealed to me is that a unilingual Turkish reader has a more complete, although very limited in number of texts, image of the roads traveled by the modern Greek literature right from its start than his Greek counterpart for the more or less only one century long Turkish national literature. Very important Turkish writers, most of the women writers, Evgisoy Salperi, Dejelal, Nazli Aray, and so on and so on, not to mention the Turkish avant-garde writers, Ouzatay, Sevin Burak, who have already been translated in major European languages, are practically completely unknown in Greece. In the meantime, popular, rather bestseller writers are being abundantly translated. There are two questions one should ask here, at least from the Greek perspective, and that is who decides what will be and what will not be translated, and who are those who translate from Turkish to Greek? I think that these two points have actually always been, for both the Greek and the Turkish side, largely interrelated, and this is how we come somehow to the political aspect of this subject. Thank you very much, Arthur. So you're raising the question of the role of publishing houses. So who decides what is to be translated into Greek or Turkish, which of course helps shape an image of the country, uh, because deciding on what is going to be read is quite important uh, and it sets certain priorities or maybe reveals certain approaches of the country. Right. So this is very important. And of course, the second question is, who is the the translator? What sort of education, what sort of background it has, and how this informs his approach? I understand that, at least in the very first decades of uh, uh, the past century, the majority of the translators were refugees from Greece or Turkey, those who spoke the language, not because they studied it in school, but because they were bilingual. Right, yes. So how does this play a role? How does the fact that people come with this baggage into this profession and they mediate the two literary worlds? Well, I first of all, I have to say that uh, it's worth seeing what happens abroad, for example, outside Greece and Turkey. Publishing houses are informed worldwide about the literature of a foreign country, either by people able to read the language or by foreign publication. Translation through a third language is, in this last case, quite often a solution if there are not enough translators available. It turns out that the use of a third language has been more frequent in Turkey than in Greece. Because, yes, it's a well-kept secret that uh, the translation between these two languages was at the beginning in the hands of the Istanbul Greeks, to whom had been later added Turkish-speaking Greek refugees from Anatolia and Greek-speaking Turks 
mainly from Crete. Foreign language literature departments in the universities of a country, which is the case in many European countries, again, provide not only translators, but also critics who help somehow calibrate the quality of both the choice to publish or not an author and of the translation product. Greek literature in Turkey and Turkish literature in Greece have only recently acquired a place in the universities. They have already started providing us with translators, but not yet as far as I am concerned with critics of the books and the translations that are being published. So you see that if the product is not uh, subject to a critic, uh, then just everything can uh, be published. Thank you very much, Anthony. And this brings us to our second question, because you raised the possible topics. Can be translated into each language. What are the specific literature genres that have been preferred in translation? And I would like you to give the floor to Lale to tell us a bit about the situation in Turkey. What sort of Greek literature has attracted the attention of Turkish translators? Thank you, Yanni. Uh, the Turkish readers admit very late the Greek literature. Uh, as uh, Antti referred before, it started uh, mainly in the uh, 1940s with uh, this Tarjime Biros, so the translation office by the Turkish government after the Republic. And uh, they started to translate uh, mainly the uh, uh, Greek classic, ancient uh, Greek classic um, books for many years. So this was the first um, contact of the Turkish readers with the Greek literature. It was the ancient Greek uh, literature. So, and it uh, continued until uh, 1960s. Uh, and after uh, they started to translate, not the translation office, but in general, uh, some mo- more modern uh, books, modern classic, let's say contemporary about classics, and uh, poetry for the first time. Uh, But here uh, there was the problem of the third language, as we said before. So many of these books were translated from English or from French. So it was a little bit uh, a kind of a small problem in choosing uh, which uh, genres, because uh, especially in English, if we think that only 3% of the books are translated from other languages, this was the main uh, criteria. There wasn't so many uh, choices. So there were Greek books translated uh, from Greek to English or French, and from French and from English to Turkish. So this was the the main criteria in these years. Uh, After uh, 1980s uh, until 1990s, uh, there was a small pause. I believe that it was also the political situation in Turkey because of the army coup and in general everything was frozen in the uh, arts. And after uh, 1999, uh, after the two earthquakes happened first in Turkey and then Greece, so the politicians started to have another direction suddenly. There was a very big variety of uh, a big variety started in books, translated books from Greek to Turkish, and until now, of course, the politics affects a lot and the relationship of the two countries. But at the moment, uh, one of the big criteria is the funds for translations given by the Turkish government or Greek government or other uh, funds, uh, private ones. 
So this is a main criteria for uh, the publishing houses because they are get paid and the translators are, uh, get paid of this. And of course, the commercial aspect of the books, this is also the choice of mainly of the publishing houses. So they prefer some books that they can earn some money. So this is another criteria at the moment. With more uh, literature criteria, maybe we can uh, find some pieces, poems or uh, short stories in literature magazines. Uh, I think there are more uh, free and more uh, literature-based criteria as they have. Thank you very much, Lale. Anthe, okay, yes, uh, what I, uh, sh- I can say is that realist literature was, with very few exceptions, preferred so far to literary fiction. But there is an opening to more demanding authors and texts the last 20 years. A particular emphasis has been given to historical fiction concerning the common late Ottoman past, but not only. Detective fiction has also started being more and more translated as it has acquired a more visible place in both literatures. Magical realism has been represented in translations, so far as I can think, only by Latifete Kin in Greece, while I don't think that Sirana Zateli has been translated in Turkish. I think that concerning the literature genres, this is all I can say. But yes, I agree completely with Lale that the criteria for publishing a books are rarely literary, have rarely to do with the literature. They are mainly commercial unfortunately, which is not the case for the translation of um, literature of the different Western countries, not to mention, of course, the the big literatures, English, French, German, and so forth. There, the criteria are specifically, are more literary than uh, than, uh, commercial. May I ask a question on this? So is this because uh, the, the book publishers assume that uh, there is enough interest in the Greek public for good English literature when, uh, while they're not as uh, certain about uh, the same when it comes to Turkish literature? So they are less willing to take risks of uh, investing on quality and they're trying to find a popular author who is likely to sell for other reasons, maybe, other than the the literary quality of the text. I think that the literature that has been published so far creates an image of the literature of the country. So if, for example, the Turkish classics are not known, if uh, the good authors, the good uh, authors of the 30s, for example, those who founded the Turkish novel are not known. Orhan Pamuk comes out of the blue suddenly. I can say, for example, I have noticed that after, after the Nobel Prize awarded to, to Orhan Pamuk, there have been more and more better authors that are translated in Turkey because suddenly the Greek uh, publishing houses realize that there is something in Turkey, in the Turkish novel, that we don't know. And even older writers have been finally published. Writers that had been published in uh, in French and ge- in English or German uh, 20, 30 years ago. This 
is one of the reasons why quality is uh, different for the choice. I mean, the, the, the Turkish literature is very little known, actually. And the Greek publishers, as the Greek public, or they have helped the Greek ha- public to, to, to find, to, dis- to rediscover the Turk through his literature, but not the Turkish literature. It's something completely different and autonomous. Lala, will you say that the same uh, is valid in Turkey? So the same uh, restrictions and the same limitations exist uh, regarding the access of the Turkish public to Greek literature? Uh, mainly, yes, but there are some small differences, I think. Uh, it, I think the Greek literature is more well-known in Turkey than uh, the Turkish literature in Greece. Because also there was maybe it uh, because it started at the beginning with ancient Greek classics, so there was a really cri- criteria for uh, gems. I think it's a little bit well known. So there is a discrepancy here that, to some degree, has contributed to better knowing uh, modern Greek authors like Kazantzakis or Greek authors that may have become uh, prominent internationally and then have acquired some attention in Turkey as well. This brings me to our uh, final, the final part of our conversation, uh, which aims to discuss the role of uh, uh, social dynamics, politics, and uh, sociopolitical struggles in the two countries. How have uh, the vicissitudes of Greek-Turkish politics, Greek-Turkish relations, as well as domestic politics, in Greece and Turkey affected the translation trends in the two countries. Lale, would you like to answer first? Uh, the, yes, the, as, uh, especially the political struggles affect the social dynamics and then the both uh, the translation trends, I think, uh, especially for Turkey. But I think in general, in the countries where, where the art is not so well, it's not very strong and powerful, Uh, it's more open to be affected by political struggles. Uh, So this we can see also in the the translations from Greek to Turkish in Turkey. Actually, if we look to the translation trends, uh, we can see the political uh, struggles of Turkey or the opposite. If we see the political struggles, it, it goes parallelly. So after the Republic, there is this uh, effort with uh, ancient uh, Greek uh, books. And after, uh, we can see from 60s to 80s, again, some efforts of uh, more uh, contemporary literature. In the 80s, uh, we see nothing, because it was nothing in art in Turkey because of the political situation. And everything was so limited. I mean also the the power and the role of the translator, uh, I imagine, at that time was very limited um, with which words to use, not to use, and there were many uh, trials about books. And after uh, the earthquake, as as I said before, uh, there is this big variety of uh, literature, of the Greek literature in uh, Turkish, uh, of course, here we can see also in translation trends that these two countries, they have the celebration or national holidays on the days of the other country, which is a big um, 
disaster, let's say. Uh, so we have the same geography, same uh, story, but uh, totally oppositely. So this is also uh, affects the translation trends because really we are very similar, but very different, I think, as to uh, we Greeks or we Turks, let's say. Uh, I don't want to say the other. But um, so the translation trends with the politics, they started to... Uh, destroy a little bit this this imagination, this image of the other in the literature. So also at the beginning of the century in 1922 uh, and 24, with the um, exchange of population, we can see that in the especially in the Greek literature, uh, this was the main topic for many, many years. And this is something that the Turkish uh, readers can understand better than the other readers from other nations uh, because it's uh, they they live something very similar to uh, that <clears throat> but uh, still i think uh, there are very big gaps in uh, translations of uh, the two uh, countries uh, and the political struggles still uh, can affect uh, all these trends thank you very much lale anthi What's your uh, first of all, I want to say that I don't consider literature and authors as innocent. Writing always conveys, in a complex way through fiction, a vision either of consenting to the social order or of denouncing it. Roland Barthes once said about writing that it is the choice of the social area in which the writer decides to situate the nature of his language. Now, if we think of that and we see what has been translated as uh, Turkish, from the Turkish literature to Greece up to 1974, we realize that we have only three names, Nazim Hikmet, Aziz Nesim, and Sabahattin Ali, to whom we might add in the early 70s the name of Nejati Jumadu. Apart from the fact that all three of them might be characterized as progressive, and in the case of Nazim Hikmet as openly communists, the texts that have been translated in Greek show them writing about common people and depicting them either as Anatolian peasants, either as small, ordinary city people full of humor, dignity, and malignity in an everyday life struggle, or as brave patriotic people imprisoned for their ideas a choice that does necessarily characterize all their books, not to mention the Turkish literature of that time. And here it shouldn't be silenced, of course, that these translations were published mainly by leftists or those that were qualified progressive publishing houses, or even on the expense of the translator. That is, there was a silence to everything else. Well, this shows the domestic, actually, the importance of the domestic factor in the translation. Now, it's true that after the 80s, 1980s mark an important turning point, a wider interest to for each other's literature. But then again, these are the years, as Lale also said, somehow of rediscovering the other. There is an emphasis on texts that have to do, on authors and texts uh, that have to do uh, with the common past, in a way, I would say, perceived as acceptable 
if not favorable to the Greeks. And this common past has inspired and continues to inspire bestsellers in both countries. Uh, the 1990s, for example, introduced to Greece Duiguasena, a popular woman writer on the safe edge of an updated Kemalist feminism. Uh, Yashar Kemab and Orhan Pamuko uh, brought in more contemporary Turkish, along with them, more contemporary Turkish writers like Perihan Mader, Muratan Mungan, Asli Erdoğan, Elif Shafak. Television series also uh, encourage the translation of some others and very usually in a way to satisfy the very public of this television series. For example, Halid Ziyaw Shakligil was translated only after Ashki Memnu was presented in the Greek television. Well, these are all how the social, uh, the social life and the social dynamics uh, uh, influence on translation. Then there is another point that I have to underline here is that it's not only um, the social dynamics and this uh, politics can also be seen in the way translators translate. For example, the ethnocentric translation, which still largely prevails in both countries, introduces politics in the very heart of the matter in a quite insidious way. And this predominance of the ethnocentric translation has favored quite often and still does somehow a sort of voluntary censorship whenever, of course, a censorship was not imposed by the very political situation of the state, as one could say that might be the situation today in Turkey and as it has been already in Greece during the dictatorship. But it seems to me that translated Turkish literature in Greece offers to Greek society a mirror to reflect rather than contest herself, which is not necessarily true for translated Greek literature in Turkey, at least in what regards the Greek-Turkish relations. Could we say that uh, the rapprochement that uh, started about 20 years ago has... Uh, contributed to a more balanced view of each other or a view which is not only driven by the common historical experiences of the of the early 20th of the late 19th century lale what do you think uh, for more balanced i'm not sure uh, for the balance but uh, for sure we have uh, more choices than before to choose uh, or to read some books and to have uh, to, to to have some more ideas, so it's a kind of a small freedom, let's say, because I don't believe that it's balanced at, uh, in total uh, because of these uh, criteria that we told before. Yeah, we said before, so it's not so uh, literature based, but still, it's a small step. Mm -hmm. I agree completely with Lale. I wouldn't say balanced, uh, but uh, of course there was an opening. It was a huge opening because suddenly we at least, uh, is, Turkish literature is not ignored. And uh, even uh, the good publishing houses, and I say good publishing houses, those that are considered, uh, that have been traditionally oriented only towards uh, Western languages, 
feel the need now to start publishing Turkish literature because they recognize that there is a value in it, which they were not ready to see before. So despite the fact that uh, we haven't progressed as much as we could have or as we should, we can at least agree that some positive developments have uh, taken place in the last couple of years. And of course, we do hope that this better understanding of each other uh, can help overcome the kind of political or diplomatic crisis that have unfortunately come back to the Greek-Turkish political agenda in recent uh, months. And I would like to highlight here, as we're concluding our discussion, that uh, a number of opinion uh, polls in Greece and Turkey have highlighted that uh, uh, Greeks and Turks do not perceive each other as enemies, despite the very aggressive and bombastic rhetoric that sometimes prevails in uh, discussions on the public uh, public discussions in Greece, and particularly in Turkey. So we can argue that maybe literature has made uh, some contribution to that. So I think it's very important to highlight the role of bridges uh, between uh, the Greeks and the Turks, and uh, translating literature has always been such a very important bridge. It can contribute even more uh, to the future if uh, uh, people in the field, like experts, translators, and publishers, of course, most importantly, realize the opportunity that the translating uh, the best literature uh, of each other's into the other language brings for better understanding between the two peoples. So I would like here to thank very much Ms. Anthikara and Ms. Lale Alatlu for a very interesting discussion on the role of translation of uh, Greek and Turkish literature in shaping uh, the views of Greeks and Turks in uh, Turkey and Greece. Thank you very much. And uh, I would like to thank you as well uh, for listening to this discussion. And uh, please stay tuned for another podcast episode of the Issues That Matter series on Greek-Turkish relations. Thank you very much. Thank you too. Thank you.